it's okay to change your mind. And nothing, nothing has to be permanent unless you want it to be. Like there, like you said, the, those people that are so happy doing, doing the same thing every day. And I, I don't even mean to make it sound bad. Like that sounds really appealing sometimes. Going in and doing the same thing and just being really content with your life. What a beautiful thing. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Behind the Sweat podcast. I'm Alex Weissner your host. And today I have a very special guest. I have Jordan Drinkowski joining us. So Jordan and I met via Instagram. I was watching her posts about different recipes and she was just having so much fun. The food looked amazing. And I was like, this girl has so much confidence. I want to be her friend and her energy is just vibrant. By day, she runs a digital marketing company that caters to small female-owned businesses. So I thought this was a great conversation to have about entrepreneurship, careers, nine to five, hustle mentality, all of that leading up to International Women's Day tomorrow, if you're listening to this when it airs on the 7th of March. But we talk so much about how to attempt at living balanced life, even though balanced living, you know, take it if you think it you, it can happen or if it can't happen, but really just looking at how wellness, balance, hustle mentality, and really building the lives that we want and the lives that we want to create as we're building businesses, but making time still to have fun in our lives. I love to be able to chat one-to-one and also learn the history behind her Instagram handle, but you have to listen all the way through to find that story. So let's tune in and here is my conversation with Jordan, also known as Dancing for Donuts. That conversation we're having before was amazing. Right? Yeah, that's happening too. So Jordan... Give us some backstory. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to keep this somewhat brief, but I am from New York originally, and I moved to Los Angeles where I live now after college. And I grew up dancing my whole life and competing. So when I moved out here, I just wanted to be a professional dancer and I was going to just give it a shot, um, give it like two years. And then I ended up staying because it takes a lot longer than two years to get your footing here. Um, And then I also ended up going to business school here. So I went to UCLA. And then after I graduated, I decided that after spending all that money and time, I should probably use my degree and get a real job. And so I worked at social media agencies. I worked in-house for a skincare company. And then I went out on my own. So I'm currently an entrepreneur. I have my own social media consulting company where I work with small women-owned businesses. And yeah, and I still, I dance for fun, but I stopped doing it professionally about, gosh, six years ago. So yeah. So we're going to get into where in New York did you grow up? Because I'm from New Jersey. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm from Westchester County. I'm from a town called Somers that no one has heard of. (laughs) I'm from the other side of George, the George Washington Bridge in Bergen County. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, but I was like, I'm like, I always love finding 
the East Coast is great, but there's something about the West Coast and, I don't know, we're going to throw Colorado and the Rocky Mountains that is very different because I don't know if you ever experienced this, like the East Coast work mentality is work, 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 and absolutely no play. Like, or if there is play, it's like you go as hard as you can in two days on the weekend. Right. It's so true. Although I have to say, I think LA is no different. Um, Maybe other parts of California, but LA, I feel like is far more hustle here. Everyone has 27 jobs and, you know, it's all about what can you do in your free time to further your career, um, whether you're in entertainment or not. So I, yeah, I'm actually, I would, my goal is to move to Denver or someplace similar where it's not as much like that. Cause I totally agree with you. Cause you get burnt out. And I mean, I feel like as anything we've heard from the past couple two years really burnouts become this really big thing and I mean I think there's definitely a point in your life and a point in your career where the hustle mentality you need to have especially as an entrepreneur that there are points in time in life where you just have to hustle the shit out of your life and sleep might take a backseat relationships might take a backseat because you're trying to build something and whether you're doing that as you know professionally because you were dancing because that was what you wanted to do but I think I don't know that hustle mentality it has its place it has its purpose it has its lessons for you yeah I totally agree I think everyone has to you know I call it paying your dues right like even if you're in corporate and you're an intern or you're just starting out in any kind of business or industry it's like yeah you actually you should hustle a little bit because you want to you know, learn and grow. But um, I don't know, I'm at a place in my life where I'm just kind of, I don't want to work 24 seven. And I don't want to work seven days a week until 8.30pm, if not longer. And it just, I think that's changed as I've grown up, which is very interesting to think about. Um, because if you'd asked me three years ago, when I went out on my own, I was all gung ho, I was saying yes to everything and really excited about that. And I needed to do that at that time in order to get here. But I definitely feel that burnout. (laughs) Uh, I can relate to that on so many levels because, I mean, there's a season for everything. And sometimes it is just even, and this is something I feel like for right now where I'm in this weird phase of working. I just went back to working for someone else full-time in September after eight years of working for myself and now working for someone else, working on some side projects and other things, it is like trying to even set those boundaries where I'm like, I want to spend time with the people I love and care about and not always have something in. My siblings and I have talked about this because our parents own their own companies growing up. So we saw it. And for part of it, their office was in our basement. And so it would be like they'd come up for dinner go back downstairs and we'd go down there to say good night especially as we got older and can like put ourselves to bed and it's just you know it's like do we want to live that way forever because I mean it has its purpose sometimes there are those moments but it's like if you can never shut it off how do you get time for your how do you take that self-care 
So I guess that leads me to my next question. What are some of your big self-care practices? You mentioned dancing. Yeah. Yeah. That's been huge for me. I had just started going back to dance class before COVID and I was like devastated when it hit because you can't dance, you can dance at home, but it's not the same. And obviously like I live in an apartment in the city and so I don't have a ton of space. I live with my partner and my dog. So it's like, you know, that's one of the things that I can't replicate at home. So that was really hard. But then I started going back this summer and it's brought me so much joy. And I don't know, I guess for me, like movement has always just been self-care because dance never felt like, um, a workout or an exercise thing to me. Like it was really just my hobby. I didn't even realize it was good for me until I was much older. Um, but I think that's like my biggest thing. What, even if I'm just going for a walk, like I have to go for walks every day. I used to walk long before I had a dog. I took my lunch break at my office jobs was always going for a walk and I would eat my lunch at my desk either before or after, but my break was a walk, even if it was just 20 minutes. And I don't know. I also, I started reading before bed, which is really nice. Just kind of an escape. I'm on my phone and my computer all day, like most of us. And so being able to just stop that, um, I love watching TV too. Like it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting on a show that you're really into or like a feel good show, friends, sex in the city, gossip girl, whatever, like that stuff is, I still think that's self care. You know, it's still really, important to do the things that make you happy and also help you unwind. Um, and I also really love bubble baths. I don't actually don't even put bubbles in them, just baths. <laughs> I mean, I love that, but I think that is like even just putting on a show and especially I love friends, friends I put on almost every night as I'm getting ready for bed. Cause I'm like, all right, this can be on in the living room. I can still kind of watch as I'm like tidying up my life before bed and I know everything that's right. I'm not going to miss anything because I've watched it a million times. Exactly. And I, I can do stuff. I can mop the floors. But I think like having just that mental break means that you can show up for everything else really at 100% versus sometimes like burnout, like we were talking about already, burnout. You show up and you're already tired and burnout you don't want to do. And you're like, great. Yeah. And you're like, I'll give 5% right now. Yeah, That's all I have. Exactly. Yeah, and I think too, like different days call for different types of self care. Sometimes, or like Sundays, I love to go to the farmers market. But a couple weeks ago, I was like, I the self care today that would be more stressful dealing with going to the farmers market. I'm just gonna stay home and like organize my space and I don't know, do something else. So it's just kind of <laughs> figuring out what you need in that moment. Well, I think there's so much of it. So throughout your life, obviously, you've ha- you're you're very driven. You're very ambitious. You're going after these things. What are three things that you think have really set you up to want to continue to pursue your goals and your dreams, and to allow you to pivot at the same time? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um, <laughs> do you like personality trait wise or experiences? Like, I personal, had? Nah. Either. Let's go. Let's do experiences first and then go into personality traits. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of um, maybe random, but growing up, my mom, um, my mom worked full time. My mom worked potentially longer hours than my dad. And at certain moments in her career made more money than my dad. And I loved that. I thought that was so cool. And my cousin, who was kind of like a sister figure to me, she also 
worked, had great jobs and, you know, was the same way. It doesn't even matter about the money thing, but it's just the fact that I had these female figures in my life that were so driven that it made me want to be that way. So that was really cool. And then I would say growing up as a competitive dancer, it's so hard to explain to people that have never been in that world, but the people who have like, if anyone's listening to this, like you just get it. it it's such an interesting life. Um, it's not like dance moms. It's not like dance moms. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not like I didn't grow up wanting to be like the best dancer and win number one and like the title. That's what they call it. The title at every competition. But you you form a camaraderie and a lot of your dances are with your team. But it's not like when you're on a sports team in, in school where there's you play a game against one team and there's a winner. Or even if you run track and like out of a, out of 10, you're the top. There is that kind of ranking, but it's more about camaraderie and like commitment and training together. Um, and I think just having, you know, I dance like six to seven days a week. Um, and a lot of times like a minimum of three hours and my weekends were spent going all across the tri-state area. I'm sure I was in your town at one point that near high school dancing, like it's just what we did. And, and so I think that that instills such a sense of like drive and passion. Um, it's a, it's a very hard world to be in, in a lot of ways, but I truly have nothing but great things to say about it. It also kept me out of trouble and all my friends, we talk about this as we're older. Um, and we can talk to our parents about it now too. Like we were never at parties or whatever, because we were at competitions. Um, we were at rehearsal instead of like doing God knows what after class or stuff like that. Like we really just, we always had this thing that we went to and we worked really hard while we were there and we got like my friends, you know, they're going to be at my wedding and I've known them since I was five. Like it's, I don't know, that stuff I feel like really contributed to my um, commitment to like going after my goals just because I've been doing it for so long. And the third one, gosh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think, um, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that um, I really honestly am addicted to change. I really like new things and trying new things. And so I've never been one to stay at any kind of job for more than a year and a half. I've actually had clients for two and a half years, which seems like so long to me because I never stayed in a full-time job for that long. But um, I think that a sense of wanting to, to keep learning and keep growing because I love change, which can be both good and bad. <laughs> that's definitely um, contributed to this like crazy path that I'm on. But I think that brings up a really good point in just everything where some people, and not that saying that's bad, but they're fine going in and doing the same thing every every single day and it's the same job and same after work schedule and all that. And for some people, that's exactly what they want. And that's great. But I also, I feel you 110% on that, that change and that constant look for something new and challenging because then I feel like if you're continuing to grow and push yourself I think oftentimes we underestimate our own selves on what we're actually capable of and that usually the only person standing in your way of anything is yourself 
I totally agree. Yeah, my I had a my my boss at my first job out of business school used to say that to me, get out of your own way. She would say it about all kinds of things, but it's like I think about it often because you know, I'm I I am at an interesting place in my career where I'm almost thinking about going back to work for someone else too. So I and maybe another time would love <laughs> to hear more about your path. But, you know, I'm also like I'm confused because I love being my own boss, but I'm also feeling ready for a change. And, and it's like, how do I balance things? And like, my business is doing well and I do love it. And I love a lot of the things, but there are so many other places. Like I am ready. It's been three amazing years. It might be four, but I'm kind of leaning in a direction where I'm ready for something new again. Well, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that shows one, we're all human. Like that's just change is always going to happen. And that sometimes we can change our mind. And I think so many times people think, well, that's not what you said last year. Well, yeah, last year I was a different person today. I mean, yesterday I was a different person. So can't I change my mind on what I thought or felt? Yeah. It's been that, that's something I come back to a lot. It's okay to change your mind. And nothing, nothing has to be permanent unless you want it to be like there, like you said, the, those people that are so happy doing, doing the same thing every day. And I, I don't even mean to make it sound bad. Like that sounds really appealing sometimes going in and doing the same thing and just being really content with your life. What a beautiful thing, you know, and, and that's, that's amazing, but it's, it's also okay to say, I'm going to go on this adventure. Just like when I came out here, when I was 21, I'm going to try this. Maybe I'll stay longer. Maybe I'll stick with it for longer. But for now, I'm going to go in with the mindset of like, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work out, I always have a plan B. I always have a plan C. And that's okay too. Well, I think that's the big thing, the word try. I think that's something that you should always be willing to try something because there might be seasons and this is me getting way ahead of myself because I'm not even dating anyone right now. But of knowing <laughs> like I've seen my friends as like – and even my sister, when there's certain times where you can work as hard as you can, but then there's other times where when you have kids, and I know for me, like I want a foundation so that when I do have kids, I can take that step back from work and give my kids more of me time and be more of that mom versus constantly working and trying to build business at the same time. So having that, it's probably way too, like I said, putting a cart before the horse and all of that stuff. But (laughs) like having that mindset, I think then helps me set up what I'm looking for and what I'm willing to say yes to now, but also what I know I'm going to say no to now and in the future, because that's, that doesn't go with the life I'm planning for myself or envisioning for myself. I think that's smart. I don't, I, I don't think that's getting ahead of yourself. I mean, when, when I got engaged last year, I was in a really, sometimes it feels like I'm in the same place a year later, but my first thought was, how am I going to take two weeks off for my honeymoon? And that is so sad. And when I thought that I was like, something needs to change. And admittedly it didn't, it didn't change last year, but I'm, you know, working on making the changes soon, but how, of of course I can take off two weeks to go on my honeymoon. What a ridiculous thought, but like, that's where I'm at with, you know, having my own business. And so the thought of maybe getting something where I have some paid time off would be really nice. Um, 
I feel you 110% on that. I have worked over the years, I have worked from really random places because, and like searched around with my computer looking for Wi Fi because, yes, I'm on vacation, but if you're the only one at the company and you're, sometimes you're the person that needs to step in and do it because otherwise it's not going to happen. And, the client yeah. needs it to get done at that point. Like, you know, right. They're not on vacation. They're not closed. So. Right. And with social media specifically, mm-hmm. it's like people are on social media every single day at all hours around the world. And so just cause you know, it's a Saturday for you doesn't mean that someone's yeah. not on their, their phone or tagging the brand that you represent or things like that. And so, you know, I think social media is also a, a tough industry. And sometimes I kick myself for falling into it because I did, I just kind of fell into it. Um, and I do love it so much, but it's also, I think a really, really tough job. And I think a lot of people, especially in 2022, just glamorize the crap out of social media and social media management, which is like, in my opinion, the bottom of the barrel, like that is like, it is not a glamorous job. And I say it because I do it because I know. And, and it's so interesting to me to see TikToks and reels about be your own, be a social media manager and run seven accounts and you can make six figures. Yeah. Run seven accounts and make six figures, never take a day off in your life and work yourself to death. Like that. I don't think it's worth it. No, I mean, I agree with you. I've been working in social media and doing social media management I mean, since Twitter started (laughs) for clients and like watching it evolve. And it is one of those things where, I mean, I know I have to go in and at least right now I only manage one other brand social media accounts. All my other clients are PR, strictly PR. So it's really nice. But it's just one of those things where like other times I'm like, there are so many notifications going on off of my phone right now. And that's just giving me anxiety. and. A, for anything social media, you see it once. It looks like it's a cute 30-second, one-minute video. That probably took two hours to make. So, so I mean, minimum. at a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you know that if I'm also like a professional hand model at this point in my life too? <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, I actually was a professional hand model for many years, and it was my favorite job ever, and I would give anything to go back mm-hmm. to that life. <laughs> I would do that. I know. Can you? <laughs> it was so. Them? It was so fun, and it was like, it actually that industry changed a lot too as I was kind of exiting out. But yeah, I mean, all these like random jobs you do in your life to kind of like make ends meet, or you know, whatever to feel financially stable. And I think when I became an entrepreneur, I I thought that down the line, it would give me financial stability. And I do, let me just say, like, I do feel in a really good place, but at what cost to my mental health? Well, it is. And I think some of it is, especially with that, uh, this is where we're going to lead into my next question. What was kind of your catalyst where you're like, all right, I'm going to go try this on my own now? Yeah. So when I worked I actually never thought about that before, but I will say when I was dancing, so I danced for five years here. And during that time, I was also a nanny for six different families, a hand model. 
I did other modeling and I was in a dance company and I was also in school. And so I really loved creating my own schedule and I loved being in charge of saying yes or no to things. Um, and so I guess it was kind of a natural progression. Like when I went to my first nine to five, I had a really, really hard time adjusting. I would get home and I even had like an hour commute. So I would go to work. I worked a nine to six. I would go to the gym, get home, have dinner, and I would be done with stuff by like eight. And I was like, I have the whole night. What am I going to do with myself? And I actually went, I would spend more time on my blog and doing fun things like that because it was, it's a, it was a hobby and a creative outlet. But I think that was the first thing. The second thing was realizing how much money my boss and her boss made to do absolutely nothing. And I actually want her job. Like that's the, that's the role that I would like now that I've had more experience. She she didn't do nothing, but she did very little. And the people under her did everything. We did absolutely everything. And I was like, well, if I'm already doing it, why am I making like pennies to her dollars if I'm the one in charge of everything? So I knew I couldn't go out on my own just yet because, you know, instead of having a job right after college, like most people, I was just dancing. So even though I graduated with an MBA, I was getting somewhere between an entry level job and what people, Mm -hmm. the rest of the people from business school were getting. So it was, I needed more experience. So I, I went to another bigger ad agency, still doing social. And it, it was like, my goal was solely to get more experience so that I could go out on my own. But the agency things kind of fell apart. I was hired for a job that they ultimately didn't end up needing. Um, and I was really bored. So even though I was making, that's an example, like I was making such good money and I was so bored. So I went to one more job. I said, this is the last one. And I just wanted to learn. And I went, I went to work in-house for a skincare company and I really did learn a lot there. It was not a good time, but I learned. And then when I was ready, I had already been doing, I had clients on my own on the side and I was networking and getting interviewing for more clients and just real, you know, when you're done with something, you just know. And so I decided that I, at the end of January, I was going to leave and I actually got fired. I got fired on January 11th and I was planning on leaving on January 31st. So I think either they knew or they were getting frustrated with me. They didn't like when I took any time off at all. And I asked, I was invited to go on a retreat to do social media coverage for a friend of mine. And I hadn't taken any time off over Black Friday or Christmas because it was, you know, consumer products. Mm -hmm. That's a big sale time. And I asked to go on this retreat and take a one day off. And I think that that for them was like, are you kidding me? And in my mind, I was like, are you kidding me? I worked all of Black Friday and Christmas. Like I'm going to go to Hawaii and take one day off. Like it was so crazy. So it was just a really good last push, but I had decided a long, a long time prior. I really did love my first job out of business school. Um, that was my first full-time job before that I'd had part-time jobs throughout business school and social. But I just knew that if people above me were going to make so much money to do nothing, like why couldn't I make money and be in charge of my own life, my schedule. And that is something that I think about when I'm like, do I want to go back into a full-time role? I lose that freedom. I don't know. Well, it is. And I feel like that's a huge part is just that freedom. And also I think part of it, and this was 
when I first went out on my own, one of the big things was I was just like, A, I want the flexibility. B, I was just watching the culture at the company I was at where if a woman said she needed to, she wanted to go pick up her kids or her kids had like a baseball game or something after school, it became like this huge thing in the office where everyone was just talking negatively about it. It's like, but shouldn't that be what she's doing right now? Like that just makes sense to me. Like you're going to go watch your kid play a game and you can jump back on later. Of course. And even just like just a few instances for me where it's like, I was, I went out of town for my grandmother's funeral and my boss like was texting me and freaking out because he had to then lead a call that I normally led. He was freaking out about leading it because he knew the client didn't really like him. And I'm like, I'm like, my grandmother just died. We're sitting Shiva. Like, yeah, we're not, I'm not doing this. Like, figure it out. Yeah. I don't care. I would say my number one, I forgot to mention this, but this is like my number, number, number one reason for going out on my own is that my family lives across the country for me. And they're the most important thing to me. And with what you're saying, like I wanted to be able to see them more often and I don't need to be offline necessarily. Like I'm going to Colorado in three weeks to be with my family. It's our annual trip and I'll be working every day, but at least I get to see them. I get to be with them and I can work remotely because my that's the, that's a funny thing about these agencies too. Like your clients aren't even here. Like I, we did, I've never had a client that was based in LA when I worked a full-time job. Um, but I still had to go to their office. It didn't really make sense. And my first job, we did have Fridays remote and that was amazing. And I really loved that. But you know, you got like, it's funny to look back. I had two weeks of PTO and that really bothered me that it was so low. Now I don't have any PTO, but the point is that I, I'm able to, like you said, at least get Wi-Fi in some crazy places and be there and be in the presence of people that I love, even if I am working. So with the world changing, the changes have been made in my favor, right? Like now so many jobs are remote and it's very appealing to me because that was my biggest reason. Yeah, the company and agency I'm at now is completely mm-hmm. remote. And I mean, I've known the woman who owns the company for over a decade. So for me, going to work for her was an easy yes. And, but it was also was that remote aspect because like you said, my family lives in Arizona. Yeah. I have two young niece and a young niece and nephew. I love spending time with them. And if I want to go spend a week or two weeks with them, I can yeah. do that. I mean, my boss also let me work remotely with my, I was in Europe for three weeks. I took one week off and worked remote for two of it. Wow. Um, Cause my mom wanted to do this trip and she's single. I'm single. So it's like, you know, we'd go out and adventure during the day Europe time and at 5 p.m. in Italy was 9 a.m. in Denver. And I would just jump online every evening and work. And I feel like so many places would be like, no, I'm like, guess what? No one even realized that I was right. I said, I'm like, I was able to get all my work done, get my calls done, do things. And I think that, and I mean, I talked to even friends now who are, their companies are trying to get them to come back into the office. And I feel like that just, we all proved that we can work from home, that we don't need micromanaging. Let us have this because like you said, you had an hour commute before. 
I've had like an hour commute before too. Like if I could get an extra hour with the people I love or and with my friends and just having that mental balance after work, doesn't that mean I'm gonna show up to work happier? That's my thought on it. But. I, I completely agree. And, and my last job that I had before I went out on my own, the one that really broke, was it like the straw that broke the camel's back? My boss had so little trust in us that, I mean, again, like that was the one where I worked all Black Friday and all Christmas. And, and it was interesting to me because he like would let the people on the art team work remote on Fridays, but no one else. And it was so bizarre to me. And I was like, you literally just don't trust us. And it's so clear. And you know, that was the one a year later, COVID happened. And I have my friends still work there. And I'm like, how is, how is, you know, the CEO doing with everyone remote? He must be panicking because he can't keep tabs on everybody, but that's just the way it is. But they, they did end up going back into the office, I think a lot earlier than a lot of other people. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's to me, to me, it's a sign of a lack of trust and poor management. You know, I have, I have employees I have two employees. I've never met my intern. She, my, you know, she lives like, I don't know, three hours north of here. I can see when she's doing her work. I see it. I know because it's in a spreadsheet and it's on my phone. And so like, it's very easy to see that. I talk to her like once every three weeks and she's amazing. And I don't have to talk to her any more than that because I just know. Um, and my other employee is a good friend of mine, but same thing. It's like, I don't have to check in with her constantly. We don't have calls because there's no need. Obviously that's different depending on the jobs that you're doing, but like that's the kind of manager and boss that I want to be is the opposite of what I experienced. So maybe that's, you know, you learn every time you do work or whatever, you learn exactly what you do want and what you don't want. You get a little bit closer. Right. And like it, it is finding that balance of when do we need to collaborate and when can we all just go out on our own and went like, you know, sending an email or Slack or whatever nowadays, it's just like, or even a text message. Hey, this happened. Thanks. Just right. wanted to let you know. Right. Like, F- this is just an, literally an FYI. Right. <laughs> and thought you'd want yeah. to know. But I think that's just a huge big thing because we're not just working to mm-hmm. work. Like we're working because we have bills to pay. There's things that need to get done. So it's so that we can do the things that we love to do and enjoy. And one thing I want to talk about, because I love that you always incorporate this really nice balance. And I know balance is definitely an overused word, but I feel like you show your day, you show how you're working, you show how you're playing and having fun and going out. And I think more of us kind of need to have that mindset of saying, it's okay to make time for myself and go for that walker go grab a coffee and do that. So, and your recipes that you share, the food always looks so Thank good. You. <laughs> if you're looking for recipe suggestions, go right oh, here. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Cause I do try to, I try to be realistic about it. And there are times I don't, I work a lot of nights just a little bit. I like to, I sometimes, like you said, I think you were referring to your mom or someone who to take a break for dinner and then go back to work. That happens a lot too. But at the same time, you know, like I said, I love baths. I literally work in the bath. I literally, I go in the bath and that's where I edit my photos and videos like three times a week at least. And 
you know, maybe that's not taking time for myself, but it's a balance of what I can make happen. And I think too, there's, it's just all hustle these days. It is all, and it's so hard to keep up on social media too. I know this is kind of a different, like part of my business is my own Instagram and blog, whatever, but it's like, it never feels like enough. And I'm actually, I felt that today, this morning I woke up and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to post today on Instagram. What a stupid feeling. Why is that stressing me out? Who cares? I probably won't post at all unless something magically comes to me by 3 PM before it's too late, but it's like, that's okay. You know? And, and even if it's taking time for yourself, like from your corporate job, or if you're a social media creator or whatever you do, it's really okay to take a pause. Um, nothing's going to happen. That's like life changing. If you take a beat for yourself and I've also learned I'm really bad at boundaries. Like I just have always been this way. When I was younger, I said yes to things that I, you know, when you're little and you don't know, and then in college and growing up and now with clients, I'm really trying to learn if a client texts me at 8 PM on a Friday, I'm not responding if it, and well, first of all, the text is ridiculous. It should be an email, but even an email, right? That's okay. They're not, unless it is urgent. If I answer on Monday, the world's not going to stop turning, you know? I think so. And I think that brings up a really good point is boundaries in general. Like so many of us have a really hard time setting boundaries because I mean, I'm guilty of it, wanting to please people. And you don't want to make someone mad. And so you just kind of say, okay, or you sweep things under, you you try to be agreeable to everything. And then eventually you look back and you're like, who am I? What am I? This is not the life I want. So how do I step in and say no? And saying no is probably like when you're a two-year-old, it's really easy. (laughs) (laughs) But the older you get, the harder it does become. And which is crazy to think something that we learn so easily as a kid, by the time we're an adult, it's the hardest thing for us to do. It's And I think too, not to make light of the situation in any way, but COVID, the, the period of COVID, at least that first year, and honestly, still now, what I learned is that like, one, the people, if you say no to people, and they're going to stick with you, those are your people. Like, it's okay to say no to meeting up with someone. I have friends here in Los Angeles, in the LA area that I've had for many years that I haven't seen in years because it just hasn't worked out with timing or like with COVID, you know, people, people have different comfort levels and you just kind of work around that, but they're still my friends just because I couldn't go to coffee that day or just because I couldn't do that favor or Mm -hmm. whatever. If something's wrong, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. I'm a good friend, but I think people also understand when you know, you just, you need a Saturday to yourself. I used to pack my Saturdays and Sundays like no other. I would have four things scheduled each day of the weekend. And I learned even before COVID hit, I would, I made a rule for myself. I get to make one plan each weekend day. And now it's even less. I keep Sundays pretty much unless someone is in town or there's something going on. I keep Sundays to myself. And it's kind of a weird thing. And I feel like sometimes maybe I should be more, you know, trying to make plans, more social, see friends I haven't seen in a while. But those Sundays make me better during the week. And I, and, and my true friends understand that. Um, 
and the clients too, right? For the, and for business, you know, from a business perspective, I think when you set boundaries for yourself, I think it sends a good message to your clients. And if they think it's a bad message that you're not responding until Monday, they're not the client for you. Yeah. And I think that goes back, like you said, friendship and with yeah. work because it has nothing to do with how often you see someone or how often you talk to someone. It's about, it's, are you respecting me? Because there, I think it, some of it comes down really just to yes. respect. And I think some people then are like, well, you're just being selfish. It's like, well, yes, I am being selfish because I need me, I need to take care of me. And if that's me being selfish, so that everything else that this week in my life is going to come up, like, yeah, I'm going to be selfish. And I've made times also for, you know, other things. And sometimes, yeah, I'm just going to hang out at home or I'm going to want to go hiking by myself. It's so true. And I I definitely, you know, one of the ways I've learned to say no is more like, let's plan a different day. And I'm a little nuts with the planning. I'm a big planner gal. Like, yeah, like like if someone, I have a friend who I've been meeting them. I have a couple of friends I've been meeting to make plans that I haven't seen in months. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to see them for probably another month. But I want to get that in the books because that's important to me so I can prioritize that time with them. And then no one else gets that window of time because I've already made it with them. And so I, for example, last night, one of my best friends, she actually, we want to do a double date with our partners. Um, They've never met before. And she was like, when can we do this? And I was like, March? Like, it's so far away and, you know, whatever. But that's just the way it is. But let's get it in the books then. I know it seems a little crazy, but if we know that we're both going to be here this weekend, even if it's in three to four weeks, let's just get it down. And then we've committed to each other. Um, And I don't, I don't like to be flaky or anything, but you know, for some crazy reason, something came up and you, you said to someone, you said to your friend, I'm so sorry, I've had such a crazy week and I'm just not in a good headspace. Is there any way we can push to whatever date people really understand? They really do. And I think that's, well, especially if they're your friend, they should understand that, you know, sometimes even some days you just need to do nothing or I'm like, I literally just want to sit on the couch with the dogs. There's nothing else I want to do. And I think that understanding that, especially for friends, like that's, if they're saying that's what they want to do, it's has nothing to do with you. I think that's something that everyone always needs to realize is it's usually nothing is personal towards you. It's so true. It's about them. So, but I feel like we owe so many of us take things personally constantly. And it's like, no, I'm putting, like we already said, putting myself first. I'm doing this because when we do hang out, I want to be present. I want to be here. I want to enjoy the time with you and not be like, I don't want to be here because we've all been there. We've all had those instances where you're like, I don't want to be sitting in the seat right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I would rather spend time with someone when I'm, when I'm in a, when I can be fully present with them as opposed to worrying about everything else. And, you know, that's so okay. I'm, I'm someone, I do take things personally too sometimes, but you just have to realize like everyone's got their own stuff going on, especially now. Oh yeah. So one thing I definitely do want to touch on before we start to wrap up 
because I think it does also tie into this, is just self-confidence. And I think, A, you, when you're on social media, you, I'm like, that's how we met with social media. Our friendship is online. (laughs) But you have this like energy that really just shows confidence. And how do you think that you are able to, A, show that online and really highlight self-confidence in your life to make sure that, you are putting yourself first and are saying those no, saying no and setting those boundaries because I think all of that ties into self-confidence. Yeah, I think you're so right. I mean, being being confident enough in yourself to say no to something that doesn't serve you, like that's absolutely hand in hand. Um, and also thank you because I, I'm not the most confident person. So I appreciate you saying that. I think what's allowed me to be confident online is knowing that I found my people. I don't have the biggest following. I'm not like, I'm not, I don't think of myself like an influencer is not my job. That is not what I do. That is not a thing for me. Um, it's, it's a nice perk, I suppose. But I think when I go online and I, I think about who's watching my stories or seeing my posts, those are my people. Those are the people that support me and no one's going to judge me for stuff. I want to share more ridiculous things, like more of my personality, but, but that's because I feel comfortable enough with the tribe that I'm surrounded by. Um, and most of the people that I follow and interact with like truly are my friends. Uh, I've known a lot of those people for many years too. and it just, it allows me to be myself because I also know the people that I follow that I love. I'm a big YouTube gal. I'm obsessed with YouTube. I watch YouTube videos in the background all day. Um, the people that I love on YouTube or TikTok, whatever, those are the people that really show who they are truly. And they're not perfect. And they're real. The aspirational stuff is nice, but sometimes it's too unattainable. And I don't want to be like that because I know that doesn't serve me. So I guess I just, I try to show up the way that I want to see other people. And I I love when people are really real, but also in a way I try to keep it positive, but real at the same time. You know what I mean? You don't want to see somebody just, you still want it to be a positive space. Um, So I try to just keep a balance. Like you said, Um, I guess with self-confidence too, age, age is a big part of that. Um, I was not the way I am right now, 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Um, and also just taking life a little less seriously. Um, truly, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but it's like, stop caring, stop giving so many Fs. I don't know if I can curse on this, but like, yeah, like stop giving so many, like fucks about stuff. No one cares. Truly no one cares. And, you know, it's like, I have a little bit of shame, but I also think when things are funny and they're relatable, that's way better than being super stuck up and buttoned up and perfect all the time, Um, whether that's on social media or in real life. Because there is no such thing as perfect. And I feel like there's like, and social media gives you that false sense that things are perfect. But does it matter? No, like half the time, it doesn't matter. Like, A, all right, so I misspell things all the time. <laughs> all the time. I'm dyslexic, oh, yeah. it happens. It's something where I feel like I used to beat myself up about it so much. And then I realized, I was like, me doing something like that, I'm not saving anyone's life. So did it hurt anyone? No, because I can fix it most of the time, especially in today's digital age. I can go in there and fix it. So does does it really matter? No. 
And I think that's just a great thing. Like you said, but also I feel like confidence is one of those big things. When you're really young, you have it because I see this in my niece all the time. She now will play anyone her guitar. Amazing. She's three. Like she, her and my nephew, like, you know, they have all that confidence. And then somewhere along the way, we lose aspects of that because there are other things in life that start to affect us and we're internalizing it. And then, I don't know, I feel like now in my mid thirties, I'm like, yes, I've learned, I feel like in the past two years, a lot of stuff, like, where am I going to stand up for myself? Where am I going to use my voice? Where haven't I used my voice in the past and been upset about that? And then leaving that anger and resentment behind and being like, all right, now that was my lesson moving forward. I'm in this new place and I can be confident going into all these other situations. And even with starting this podcast, I'm sure people have their opinions and whatever they want to say, but you know what? I don't care. It makes me happy. So I'm showing up and I'm doing this. Does it probably put more work and take out more time on my plate? Yeah, but it's so much fun to do. And I think that's just sometimes where we have to end up getting is just who do we want to be and having fun with it. and. Yeah. Yeah. No fucks. Everyone else can have like whatever. Think your right. thoughts. Yeah, it's it's mostly <laughs> over here. Exactly. If it if it makes you happy, it doesn't really have to unless you're hurting someone or whatever. Like if if you're not if, if it's just about you, then that's okay. You know, I see I see a lot of people who um you know do things on social media like that are afraid of what their friends from home think. And it's like, who, like, if they're your real friends, like, they're not gonna judge you. They may, or you know what? Everybody has thoughts, they'll keep them to themselves. Who cares? Because yeah. if that's the path that you wanna go down, I'm sure when I left college to move out to LA and be a professional dancer, I'm sure people had some thoughts, right? Especially my family or whatever. But you know, it's like, I knew that that was something that I was really passionate about. It was really important to me. And you just kind of tune out the noise, you know, and being on social media sometimes makes you think that you're making the wrong choices or you're not doing something that you should be, or that you want the wrong things, or you want some, maybe you should want something else. So if that's like, I think getting off social media is also really helpful for confidence. Um, or even I have, I love TikTok. I'm a I'm also a big TikTok gal. I it's funny because saying all these things out loud, I realize I'm not an Instagram person anymore. I don't love Instagram. But TikTok, I've I feel like people are confident on TikTok. Same thing as what I said before, because they have found they know they're reaching the people that that are gonna get it. There are trolls out there, whatever, but they're also reaching the people that get it. And so they th- that builds confidence in them to keep sharing what is important to them. Um, and I love that. Yes. I love that too. And if people could just continue to share really great dance videos that we all then have to learn the routines and videos of puppies and great. dogs. By all means, continue. <laughs> but I think that also brings us kind of nice full circle from even the server conversation of talking yeah. about change and how one of those things is that A, not caring about what anyone else thinks, but also if one day that's what you thought you wanted to do, own it. That's what you wanted to do that day. If you, if in a week from then it's not really resonating with you, doesn't matter. It's already in the past and you just continue to move forward with your life. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's true. It, it's okay to, 
yeah, you just have to own your choices. I'm I'm in a place where I'm trying to own, I'm trying to pick choices and then own those choices because you never know if you're doing the right thing. What if, what even is the right thing? But if you feel good about something in that moment, then run with that. Yeah. We tried yeah, it. Did that's it. that's something to be proud of, not ashamed of or anything like that. Yeah. hundred percent. Jordan, I feel like we can continue <laughs> talking, but I'm not gonna <laughs> Like, there's so much we can talk about. We didn't even talk about donuts. And, and you want to know the story behind your Instagram, your handle. And, but we'll just make people come and follow you. So, where can people, where can the listeners check out your recipes, check, find out what you're doing on TikTok, all that um, fun stuff? Okay, wait, I'll tell you really fast because it's not that deep. But I grew up having donut Sundays. That was like a tradition in our house. And so, when I moved out here, I, I moved out to LA on my own and I, I started a blog to keep up with my family. Um, that was like 11 years ago. And so my original blog was called The Dancing Donut. I think it exists somewhere. It's really bad. But then when I really wanted to like switch things up, I just came up with Dancing for Donuts. Like I didn't even think twice about it. It's just donuts were my favorite thing and they were number one in my family. So that's where that came from. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks. So Donut Sunday sounds amazing. It probably wasn't the healthiest habit for my parents to form with us as kids, but um, I loved it. Like it was so exciting to me and it was the best day. So yeah, I am Dancing for Donuts. Um, that's dancingfordonuts.com is my blog. And then pretty much every handle, TikTok, Pinterest. My Instagram has dots in it. It's dancing.for.for.donuts because someone else has the one without the dots and I can't contact them. <laughs> So yeah, that's where you can find me. And, you know, I love like chatting with people through that. That's, that's the beauty of social media, less about the hustle of keeping up with things and more about the connections, just like how I met you and hopefully get to meet you in real life someday. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Behind the Sweat. Make sure to follow along at Behind the Sweat pod on Instagram. And if you'd like this episode, give us a five-star rating and review. See you next week. Bye.